Comfort. Something that um, I think we all long to have. It's working, is it? You want me to, to wear it? Nah, it's too much hassle to put on. <laughs> I just have to remember to keep this close. And I was thinking about comfort the other day, um, obviously because I'm studying it for Sunday, that's why I'm thinking about it. But have you ever had those moments in your life where you've been working really, really, really hard? Where you've been either struggling through a season of, uh, I guess, hardship in your life, or it could even just be work, you know? Those times when you're at work, and I used to work outside up here in Darwin, and it's very, very hot, uh, especially at this time of year, and you get so exhausted, so tired. It's like you're out there in the day outside in the sun and you're drinking as much as you can, yet you feel like you still need to drink some more and you're, you're bloated in your stomach, but it feels like you just cannot get enough liquid in you. And you're working really hard, your bones are sore, your body aches, whatever it might be. You get home and you have a shower, you relax, you sit down, maybe you turn the TV on, you might have a cup of coffee or whatever it might be. But you just feel refreshed. You feel, feel comforted. It's like all of a sudden this, this hard thing, I have some relief from it. Comfort from the hard work, the hard slog, the hard whatever it might be in life. And I was thinking, you know what? We can only really be comforted or receive comfort if things have been a little bit hard. I don't know if you'd agree with that or not, but I'll be talking about that a little bit more as we go through this. You know, often we, we, I guess, aspire to or people seem to aspire to a life of comfort. Now, that's not what I'm talking about. Where we just get to this state where it's like, you know, I just want my life to be comfortable. Because the truth is that, you know what, today as we come into church, there's something spiritual happening in our life. There's a comfort of the Lord coming to us as the word of God is spoken, as we fellowship with other believers, that that as the Holy Spirit is moving in this place, that something in our life is being touched inside of us. That we come in here and sometimes, I don't know, I've come to church and, and, and like even as I talked this morning, I go into prayer meeting this morning and I come out, man, that was good. Had a leadership meeting last night. I just want, We had dinner together and, and it was just really good as we started to speak about the things of the Lord this comfort came because, you know, as they said, you know, sometimes seasons get tough. But as we started to talk about the Lord, it's like the Holy Spirit somehow ministers to your soul and to your heart and relieves you of so much things. It's like the comfort of the Holy Spirit. Now, I could be at home today on a Sunday, you know, and, and there's many people who do and it's whatever, you know, like sometimes we have time off to just relax because it has been a very busy season we we're refreshing ourselves in some ways but one, one of the things I notice is when I all I if I sleep in if I laze around I actually never really feel comforted I might feel comfortable in some ways but you know what it's like when you've been working really hard you're, you're laboring away you come home and dinner's on the table oh my gosh that food is amazing you just want to devour it. You're just so hungry. And um, <laughs> it's like you're just ready for it. But do you know what happens when you laze around all day? Well, imagine Christmas Sunday. 
Christmas Sunday, Boxing Day, when we were down south, we used to have it with our uh, parents' parents, our grandparents, extended family. And all we did was go from lunch to lunch to dinner to dinner to lunch to breakfast. And I tell you what, there was such beautiful food, but there was zero comfort in it. It became sickening almost. To, to the point where you're just like, I don't know if I can eat some more, but then you did anyway. <laughs> but what was missing was purpose in what we were doing. Like there is purpose obviously gathering together. But imagine, you know, you're at home, you're lounging around in your, your Sunday shirt, you watch a lot of TV, as Isaac was talking this morning about social media, you're, you're spending all that time on social media, you go to bed and what's the first thing that comes to your mind? What a waste of my day. I feel absolutely no comfort in that at all, yet all day you're scrolling through it to either avoid reality or escape life, whatever it might be, but at the end of the day there's zero solution. There's zero resolution of anything in your life. It's like, didn't I just waste my whole day? And and what I wanted to talk about, we're, we're going to look at... Um, a couple of verses that, that talk about not just the comfort of the, the Lord to us, but how it has to work in tandem with our constancy in life. And what I mean by constancy in life is that as Christians, there's this need for us to be constantly working for God. But if we do it wrong and we don't understand that there's comfort in that, and we don't believe God comforts us in that, the work becomes laboursome, weary and tiresome. We don't want to do it. On the other hand, if we're just comfortable all the time, we actually never feel any comfort of the Holy Spirit. All we do is feel comfortable, and comfortable sometimes becomes boring, and it becomes death to us because we're just so dead inside. Our soul is not revived by the Spirit, and it needs it not. So those who are working for the Lord, they need the comfort of God. Those who are not working for the Lord God couldn't care less. They don't need His comfort. Why? Because they're not actually doing anything for the kingdom. And so there are many Christians who are like that. They're like, I just want to feel God's presence. I want to know God's presence. I want to feel the comfort of the Holy Spirit but they do zero for Christ, zero for the kingdom of God and zero for others. And they're trying to get the comfort of the Holy Spirit for their fleshly desires, not because they are working for his kingdom. And so what happens is you're looking for this touch of the Holy Spirit in your life, which he does give. But at the same time, you will find those that are working hard for Christ in the kingdom and I'm not talking about working in the flesh. I'm saying working after what God wants. For some reason, you look at them and you're like, man, their life's busy. Those guys are always doing something, yet I can see something in them that I don't have. They look like God has touched their life. They, they, they talk about this relationship with him that I don't have. And what you're trying to do is get something that doesn't belong to you. Because the comfort of the Holy Spirit, the comfort of the Lord, is totally for those who are working for him. Now, I'm not talking about comfort from the forgiveness of sin, and I'll talk about that as well. Because there are many ways that we are comforted by God. Many ways that we're comforted by God. 
and we're going to have a look at those. But first of all, I just wanted to have a look at some verses, and we're actually going to use the old King James Version for this up on the screen, only because it brings out what comfort the Holy Spirit is to us, and then I'll just read out what that means. So these are all from John, the Gospel of John. John 14, 26, But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, who the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance, whatsoever I have said unto you. John 15, 26, But when the Comforter is come, whom I will send to you from the Father, even the Spirit of truth, which proceeds from the Father, he shall testify of me. And then the next verse, John 16, 7, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it's expedient for you that I go away, for if I don't go away, the Comforter will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. First of all, I want you to know, Christians, that God has given you this amazing comfort of the Holy Spirit to live in your heart, to live in your life, to enlighten your soul, to teach you, to guide you, to show you things to come. This is an amazing comfort for us to know that God is looking after us and he is aware of our future and he wants you to know that it's going to be all right. He wants to teach you the things that you need to know right now. There are things in life that we don't understand and we feel confused and and sometimes stressed out. This is a time to rely on the Holy Spirit, the Comforter, who God has sent, who Christ has sent from the Father. So let me read what that actually means. In the widest sense, this is what the Comforter is, a helper, Succorer, aider, assistant. So of the Holy Spirit, destined to take the place of Christ with the apostles after his ascension to the Father, it's to lead them to a deeper knowledge of gospel truth, to give them a divine strength needed to enable them to undergo trials and persecutions on behalf of the divine kingdom. Which one of us does not want a divine strength from the Father? When persecution come, when trial come, who does not want that divine strength from the Father? Who doesn't want the aid, the help, the succor of a Father that is given to us through the Holy Spirit? Who doesn't want to have a deeper knowledge of the gospel truth that no longer we live but Christ lives in us? That it is not us that has to do a work, but it is Christ's death on the cross that freely forgave all our sin. That we can be comforted knowing that we are not sinners anymore, but now we are saints. We are being translated from a kingdom of darkness to a kingdom of light. That no longer does sin have any power over us. That we have an eternal future, that we have an eternal home, that we have this Holy Spirit set inside our hearts so that we can know that God is our Father. What a comfort. What a blessing, what a joy for a Christian, the one who loves Christ. So let's have a look at our our main passage today, 2 Thessalonians, and I'm just going to read from chapter 2, verse 16 and 17. There is a lot in this. Now may the Lord Jesus Christ himself and God our Father who loved us and by his grace gave us eternal comfort and a wonderful hope comfort you and strengthen you in every good thing you do and say or every good work and word 
You see, the comfort of the Holy Spirit is to lead us into holiness, a life of living out for God. We have to understand that unlike Pharaoh in the Old Testament, who had the Israelites at slave and just kept making things harder and harder for them, they worked really hard, they built, they established, that those who are working for the kingdom of God have a different master. God is not like Pharaoh. He is not like a slave master. If God called us to work for him and, na- and never allowed us to feel his divine consolation while we work, what a tragedy that would be. I just want to remind us, though, that we are called into the service of God. The last little bit of that verse talked about good works and good words. But what we don't want to do is get confused and think that our life is all about just doing the good works and the good words without the power of Christ within us, without the comfort of the Holy Spirit. Certainly comfort by itself is not enough. To feel comfortable all the time never allows us to live out God's purpose and it gives us a meaningless life. And just the same, by being constant in our works, our words won't bring us any, desi- any delight in our soul. It's not going to be sufficient for us. I just want to let you know this, that if you work for God, if you work for his kingdom, you'll have an amazing comfort like you've never had before. You see, what happens is as God comforts our heart, it aids us in the establishment of soul service for him. The comfort from the Holy Spirit helps us to be happy in service. It helps us to persevere when times are tough. The comfort that God gives us stops us backsliding and walking away from the things of God. And you know what that means. Have you ever seen a person lose their way with Christ? That they are walking with God and yet somehow they lose this desire for him and to serve and follow him. What's the end result just about all the time? They're not happy. They're not happy in the land and after a little while they just fall away. And what happens is they they have a father still. They have God as their father, but they cannot enjoy his love. There's a story in the Bible, the prodigal son. Most of you would know that. If you're not a church person, you might not know the story of the prodigal son. You've probably heard that saying, though, the prodigal son. But what is it? The son had a father was living with him, was being looked after by him. He decided that he'd had enough and he wanted to make his own way. He asked for his inheritance while his father was still alive. So in other words, it's all like, you're dead to me. Give me what I need right now and I'm off. He took off, went to a place, spent all the money. It says on prostitutes, wild living, parties, alcohol. And in the end, ended up in a place feeding pigs. But he came to his senses one day and he said, you know what, even the servants in my father's house have more than I have. And it's funny that that while he was still the son, something was really missing from his life. It was the love of the father. 
And one of the problems is when we get to that state, we are thinking that God doesn't love us. It's, it's God doesn't love us. No, it's not that way at all. In fact, in that story, it talks about the father waiting faithfully every single day at the edge of his property, basically looking forward to the day that his son would come back. Every single day watching. And at the end, you hear it and it says that he saw his son in the distance and he ran towards him. He grabbed him, pulled him close and kissed his neck and restored him as a son. Not as a servant, but as a son. You see, with the Christian life, that's exactly what it's like for us at times. We wander off from the things of God. We, we end up in a place where it is actually like we're feeding pigs. We feel desperate. We feel hopeless. We feel lost without the Father. And we sort of think, well, God doesn't love me anymore, so I may as well just be a servant. Servants don't need love, but they will do the Father's will. And this is where the comfort of God comes in. When that son went back and he said, I'm sorry, basically, I need to be here, the father welcomed him back and restored every privilege. He still worked for the father, but the relationship was restored and the love was able to be given. There are many today who are in that situation as fathers, some as mothers, where they've had children. For some reason, the family split up. The kids are not theirs. They're not at home. And you can imagine the desire to love the child, to show the love to that child, yet being, being unable to do it. That's God with us. He wants to love. He wants to shed his love in our heart. He wants to put his arms around us. He wants to draw us close. He wants to kiss our neck. And he wants to restore us into everything that we've been, has either been taken from us or that we have walked away from to comfort us, to let us know it will be all right. What a comfort it is for us to know that even in trials and tribulations, even when we walk away in sin, there is a father waiting with his arms wide open so that he can actually give us the comfort that we need. And we need it, don't we? We need those loving arms of the father and we need his touch. Let's just have a look at Matthew eleven twenty eight and 30. There's two types of comfort here. Come to me, all you... This is Matthew eleven twenty eight to 30. Come to me, all you who labour and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. The first rest that we get, the labour and a heavy laden is our sin. And the first rest that we get is that pardon from sin. But the second rest we get comes from taking upon us his yoke. Taking on his yoke. Because when we do that, there's this learning that comes on us. It's a, it's, it's a, I guess it's the Holy Spirit. Doesn't it say that the Holy Spirit will teach us all things? You'll learn from him, for he is gentle and lovely in heart. You'll find rest for your souls. 
You see, we need blended together comfort and constancy. The comfort of the Holy Spirit, but a life lived for him. And we understand that sometimes comfort is the best way to win someone to Christ. A wife who's a believer, her husband who's not, but she lives her life out in front of him as a sermon. He doesn't need to be dragged to church. He needs God to work through that wife to comfort him, to show him who Christ is, this one who's gentle and lowly of heart. There's a great need for both, definitely, There's a great need for comfort of the heart of the believer. But we need to put the two together to produce comfort and constancy in his life. Now, might just, uh, I know this is hard for you, poor slide people, but you can, can you please go back to the Second Thessalonians verse for me? Okay. That's a pretty short little passage, but I'll tell you what, we're about to unpack some great things here. Firstly, the comfort comes from the Lord Jesus Christ himself. Isn't that a blessing? That it is our Saviour himself who comforts us. Secondly, the comfort that's here is that God is our Father. We can be sure that, that we know that he loves us, that he cares for us. God is our Father. So we can be comforted knowing that it's the Lord Jesus Christ himself who gives us this comfort. We can be comforted knowing that God is our Father. We can be comforted knowing this, that God loved us. We can be comforted knowing that God has given us everything that we need, the grace that we need, we can be comforted knowing that he has given us much. We can be comforted knowing that it's an eternal hope as well that we have. This isn't something that is for the moment, but it's eternal. It's an everlasting hope that we have. And it's through his grace. We can be comforted knowing that it's not relying on us, our own strength, our own effort, our own power, our own brilliance, our own anything. But the comfort that we have is a gift from God. So that our heart can be comforted and our soul refreshed. We need it. We need it. We need that comfort to fill up to our heart. We need the constancy to fill up our head that we might be working for him in everything that we do. Let's have a little look at Second Corinthians now, chapter 1, verse 3 to 5. The good thing is, that while we know that God is our source, he's given us each other. And that's what I was talking about a little bit before. 
You know, when I was talking about comfort one another with these words. All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is our merciful Father and the source of all comfort. He comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort others. When they're troubled, we will be able to give them the same comfort God has given us. For the more we suffer for Christ, the more God will shower us with his comfort through Christ. I love that. You see, while at times you've gone through so much, and maybe even in trouble right now, God's got a plan to use what you've been through for other people. He's going to use the comfort that you've received from him, not the problem, the comfort that you've received from him to be able to comfort others. And Christians, we are called to that. We are called to lift up, build up, prop up, help, drag, admonish other Christians. And when they're in a trial, to stand beside them. And I think that when we finally and truly understand the comfort that God has given us, perhaps then it might move our hearts to be that for other people. You know what it's like, don't you? When you've been through something, when you've seen the goodness of God, when he's brought you out the other side, you just want to give someone else that. What another special blessing from our Father that he hasn't left us alone. He's given us the Holy Spirit, the comforter in our life. So that when we work for him, we will find this great release of power from the Holy Spirit that revives our soul. Thank you, Lord. Now, it may be that you are here today and you have never even received the first comfort of the Holy Spirit, which is that your sins are forgiven. Isaac came and talked about seasons in our life and, and sometimes... Well, all the time, actually, God is working on you to bring you into relationship. And while there's seasons, there's also moments. Today could be the moment for you. Today could be that pivotal moment in your life when you finally say yes to Christ. Yes to his forgiveness. Yes to his life. So whatever season you're going through, you need a moment where you understand that Jesus Christ died for your sin, that he has forgiven you, that he took your place on the cross, the punishment that you deserve, he took it. Maybe that's for you this morning. I'm just going to pray a prayer. And if it is you, if you're feeling, I need Jesus in my life, I'm so lost, I need some of his comfort, I want you to pray with me. Just going to ask him to come into your life and ask for forgiveness. Father God, I just want to thank you for Jesus. I thank you that he died on the cross for me. And this morning, I want to receive him in my life. 
I want to be filled with the Holy Spirit and to know the comfort of God. I believe that Jesus died for me. I believe that you've forgiven my sin. I believe that he rose again. I believe that I have new life. And from this day on, I want to live for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, you might have prayed that prayer this morning. If you did, please talk to one of your friends that you came with. Just tell them I prayed that prayer, or maybe you've still got questions. Ask your friend. What's salvation really mean? Can I really be forgiven? Can he really give me comfort? You make sure you ask them those questions. You ask them what you need to know. But maybe you've prayed that prayer and you have made that decision, I want Jesus. Talk to your friend and say, how do I grow in this faith? Or if you're with no one this morning, please come up the front afterwards when we all stand up and just introduce yourself to me or when everyone goes out to morning tea and say, hey, I prayed that prayer with you this morning. What's my next step? But in the meantime, Christians, are you suffering? Christians, are you feeling persecuted? Christian, are you going through trials? Remember this, that the comfort of the Holy Spirit that comes from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ is yours. Press in. Let him revive your soul in Jesus' name. Let him revive your soul in Jesus' name. Because when that comes from the Father, it's like a river of refreshing that will restore everything that you need. And we are asked to not be weary in doing well because if we continue on, we will reap. We will see the fruit come in our life. And perhaps today, with everything that's been said, is one of those times when God's saying, don't quit. Don't quit. Don't quit.